Hello, welcome to Minx on Max Going Deeper, episode eight. Is this the first time we can officially say season one, episode yes. eight? Season one, it's official. Season. Oh, sorry, series one, episode eight. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what my deal is. Like, I sorry. actually got it right this time, and now you have to <laughs> bring it back. Uh, so. Cheerio, then. We officially have season two coming our way. We don't have any other details about it. But like we said, since we are watching this leisurely, now you know. If you haven't already, you have all of season one to binge. But you can come back and watch and listen with us and revisit and enjoy as we get ready and tempt ourselves towards season two. Ooh, I don't know. Um we also both have COVID right now, so we're not going to work. So we might actually have a little time to binge the rest of this. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we're really <laughs> late adopters, apparently. It's no longer No, it, it, it stopped being fashionable a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, no, no whatever to... There are people that had it rough and have suffered and don't want to take anything from that, but... And not to throw any kind of political whatever, but probably having vaccinations and boosters helped us not really have much of an issue and have it this late. So there you go. There we go. All right. So Minx on Max episode, like a season one, episode eight. I'm so excited. Mission (laughs) accomplished. All right. All you out on Reddit, all you spreading the buzz, all you on Instagram helping to spread the word. We're we're just doing what we can. and, And we did it. Yes. We did it. We should all be proud of ourselves. Yes, yes, yes. Speaking of, let's toast. What are we drinking? Okay, we have a Godfather cocktail, which is there anything more 70s than the Godfather? No, not at all. So this is a basic mix of uh, scotch and amaretto. Simple. Originally, the cocktail would have been a one-to-one scotch and amaretto. Most of the cocktails adapted for the modern palate I've seen have been kind of like a two-to- 0.25 0.25 scotch to amaretto, <laughs> but I wanted to stay true to the spirits of this drink. So it's one to one. It, it, it's one to two. So it, 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 it's two ounces of scotch to every one ounce of amaretto. Okay. I wanted to go a little less sweet, but but still kind of stay true to the origins of it. So okay. Drink up me hearties, yo ho. Ciao. Tastes like an offer you can't refuse. Yeah. Tastes like some scotch, a little bit of... A little bit of cherry. I guess that's what amaretto is, right? Cherry liqueur. I think it's almond and stone fruit pits. So cherry peach a, and cherry. Cherry's cherry cherry a yeah. stone fruit, right? Cherry's a stone fruit, I believe, Technically. yes. So what you're saying... It, no, sorry. I'm not even going <laughs> <laughs> to... Are you going to try to do a Marlon Brando no, here? I'm not. Uh, come on, babe. Give me some Marlon Brando. No, let's... let's. We're going to drink more of this first. <laughs> Isn't like hot take on that, that the character in the book only started talking like this after he got shot like halfway through the book? Mm-hmm. But Marlon Brando just showed up and they couldn't get him to stop doing that. (laughs) He was a huge movie star and just a pain in the ass to work with. And so they just, oh, well, like, this is what we got. Something was born. Yes. Just full of of cotton balls. Just full of cotton balls. All right. So we've got episode eight. Oh, you're the sun now, the giver of life. It was a long one. It was a long one. And it took us a little bit to get there to know exactly what we're talking about. But as I relayed, it's got a little dripping with, actually, it's dripping fully with sarcasm. Yes. (laughs) But so we start off with the episode, we're in Yonkers in 1968. We've got Joyce in a full 
peasant garb, long hair, but still, well, actually not as much makeup, but still like long hair, red bangs. She's with chickens. Yes. I got to admit, maybe I thought this was how she got into feminism. I don't know if I realized that she was incognito at this point. Because well, then, you know, she gets the egg. She, and these guys are terrible. Oh, they're awful. Like, and that's, are, are you sure? Are you? I think you're picking up something for much later in the episode that I did not pick up. I didn't realize she was doing an expose. Oh, gotcha. I thought she was for the New Yorker. I thought I didn't think she was doing it for the New Yorker. I thought she was doing it. She's then... doing it based on her own experience. Yeah. Oh, so so you're you're kind of you you ended with my original thought that that this was just her life experience that turned her into like no men are terrible <laughs> and even even the the far left are terrible to women. Like, it's only good if you're a rich white man. I mean, I didn't think this was the only experience that she no, had. No, I mean, no. because we know where she comes from, from the country club, mm-hmm. like where she grew up, like well, all of that in California. So I kind of thought, you know, and, and I, maybe I was wrong. It, it, there's a very short period of time. We've got 1968 and then present day is 1972. Mm-hmm. So there's not a huge amount of times elapsing. So have we mentioned that there was a, a real opportunity for me to join a commune in like 2001. Opportunity? Uh, you know. <laughs> Is that what we're calling it? It didn't happen. So, <laughs> I mean... I, I think that usually a commune is a calling or a con. <laughs> I, I think this one turned out to be more of a con. I think the membership for single dudes was heavily restricted. So, mm, yeah. Okay, got yeah. it. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Well, so then I'm I'm not sure. Like, I'm not sure what were what her approach is with this but at the same time it kind of doesn't matter like no is she going incognito or, or is this what birthed her her you know her it's still her experience life. in a commune in the late 60s she obviously has a desire somewhere for this kind of collaborative type of experience I don't think she she's not coming in jaded. If she is coming in as an expose or as an experience to talk about it, I don't think she left it with the the thought process that she wanted. Mm-hmm. She probably wanted to show that it was maybe a positive thing because I could see that's where her heart would be. She wants things to be collaborative. She wants to really truly kind of believe the best in people, I think, or early on and even still now, I I, I believe so. But, but yeah, and so we see them... Basically, you know, so some guy has to leave the commune because he got beat up at a riot and his parents had to fly in from Aspen. <laughs> so we very quickly get the tone. That this is just a bunch of elitists playing commune. Yes. This is like Marie Antoinette. Mm-hmm. All of this. It's just silliness. But she's trying to get eggs. They obviously don't, she don't think she has enough eggs. They're- <laughs> the chickens are vicious. Chickens are terrible. They're like small raptors. They're they're dinosaurs. <laughs> I mean, we have a friend who was escaping from a aggressive rooster and almost cut her hand off. <laughs> kind of like she cut her like, hand like, off inside. Yeah, yeah. Like, like her her hand was still attached, but all all the bones and muscles and ligaments and whatever like like there there was no actual like life still attaching. Blech. It was just skin. It was, it was just fleshy stuff. Gross, gross, gross. Yeah, but that's. 
that's a that's a rooster. That's <laughs> that's what the fear of a rooster will do. So that's a healthy fear. <laughs> but yeah, so we've got them like already like they're being super misogynistic about someone breastfeeding, and it's just like. And nobody makes a disgusted face like Joyce Prigger. Uh, Let's just put that out there, right? (laughs) She has the best, like, upturned lip. But then we've got Sven. But I guess, okay, you're right. We'll, 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 We'll circle back to it. But so then we're back at the present day. And it's 1972. We're in Manhattan. And we are backstage at the Dick Cabot show. And... Yeah, I mean, this is what Tina helped book and and getting the word out there. And Joyce Prigger is the star. So she's practicing her lines. What's she going to say? All the witty banter. And then her friend shows up. That is, we learn later, is was one of her like cohorts at New York Magazine. And so everybody that she knew is doing great, I think, is what we're supposed to get out of that. Everyone who withstood, everyone yes. who kind of who kind of held out, mm-hmm. because this was someone who it was just like if you just stick stick it out here, if you just do it, you're you're, you're going to be something. And she's a senior editor now at New York Magazine. Um, everyone who just played the game, who didn't make waves, is doing fine. That, that's a real punch to the face. Uh, it is, but it's it's also too. You never know. Mm-hmm. You, you can't ever know what a zig and a zag is going to mean. And whether you, you know, if you just held on for one second more, what that would have been what it took. And, and, and I think that's definitely the definition of everybody's path is different. You just can't. That wouldn't necessarily, if she'd held out, would that have been the path for her? Probably not because she just has too much conviction. Mm-hmm. What is it that she says? Because Dick steals it later on. Something like the best truths are naked ones. Yes. That's a good line. I don't even know how he steals it because she doesn't say it. No, like, like, he just, he just, he, it, it's the obvious thing to say. Apparently, yeah. apparently. <laughs> uh, but her friend, yeah, I don't even remember what her friend's name is. No, I feel like I recognize her. I do too. I feel like, I feel like we like her. Sorry, I've been, I've been listening to way too much uh, True Crime Obsessed. Like, I feel like we like her. <laughs> <laughs> she's the, she's, we she's, like her, don't we? I think so, yeah. No, yeah, no, no, no bad bells. Um, but right. So she's there to support. She's excited for her. Like, look at you. Look what you've done. We're going for makeup. And I love she's like, she's a spring. Don't put her in plum. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, we have a lot of back and forth, you know, back to the commune, back to the time at New York Magazine. You know, she's put together a story. uh, You know, is it... Is it going to be accepted? Um, and, and I don't really realize, I don't realize it's about the commune at the time. Maybe you were, you were picking up on that. She's trying to, to win win the favor of the editor. But also then there's a little bit of a comment about a, about office romance. And like, I, I don't know, it's a little confusing. There's a, there's a lot of, I will say that I'm, the back and forth is a little vague. This whole episode is, it's a little hard to follow, but what we're really watching is we're watching a car wreck about to happen. Right. And just, we can't do anything but just hold our hands over our eyes and peek through. And is, is that was your, is that your experience? Because that was mine. Like yeah, something... I, I think you're right. I think that's probably why we didn't get into, it, it's all just coming to a head. Like, so, yeah, we've got her backstage. We see her then also talking. So we've got the same She's with an she's with an older man. They're in Manhattan at the time. They're in a hotel together. They're kind of I was like, "Ooh, Joyce has got a Manhattan hookup." Like, we find out later that's the editor. So, 
there's a lot of in between that we don't we mm-hmm. leave this episode not knowing like where because it seems like she leaves the magazine because of him to a certain degree but then yet i mean it's a whole mr big situation very much so, um yeah. well, he re- he rewrites her piece and does not get her input and I think that's the big thing is like he does not let her voice be heard. Right. And she's sick of that. I mean, that's that's what this whole her whole thing is. It's like, no, I'm not willing to compromise on this anymore. I feel like I've done that enough. And that's true. But also it's not I don't want to say it's not true, but (laughs) four years. Right. Right. It's not that long to be in the shadow of anyone's shadow as your <laughs> career is trying to find a voice. You know, no matter what industry you're in, everybody steals your ideas. <laughs> I mean, that's just is what it is. Right. And but then, you know, as so we get away from that, we jump cut straight to Doug talking to some dude, but we don't just jump cut straight to Doug. We talk like, full on like wide screen boobs. Just, I was not expecting that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, this, this is a show about dicks. Like, <laughs> where does that come from? <laughs> I mean, we do see a lot of boobs in, in you know, the, the production of, of all the bottom dollar productions. I, I mean, guess, there's people I just guess. walking around. But, but yeah, so we're at some sort of, like, dude bro bar. I have no idea. It's just topless waitresses? Is that a thing? I don't know. I don't know. It's the 70s in New York. I, everything is just pandemonium, I guess. Who knows? Who knows? I just, oh, we had a meeting with Seagram's? I don't know if you follow our uh, our parent podcast, Forbidden Cinema, but I spent a lot of time deep diving 80s and 90s Playboy, and Seagram's is all over that thing. You know <laughs> so. who also Seagram's is all over? Who? Um, Nexium. Nexium, uh-oh. Nexium is backed heavily by Seagram's oh, money. Oh, no. Oh, I'm not okay with that. Yeah. We... We don't like that guy. <laughs> no. And I don't like this guy either. No. This guy. So I guess we he's gather. He's quarterback. He's the greatest of all time. And I do not like so him. So he's like 70s Tom Brady. Is uh, that what maybe, we're saying? Maybe. Yeah. But yeah. Who was 70s Tom Brady? I mean, is he. Mm. I don't know. Who is the guy from uh, Colorado? Maybe. Is there a guy from Colorado that was good at, at sports ball? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, I know like. Joe Namath? Joe Namath. Is there a Joe Montana? Is he a person? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, we're not. This is not. This yeah. is not our forte. <laughs> Sorry. Is Dan Marino? Is that a person? That's a person. I think he's 80s. I he think might he's, be in Florida. I though. think he was in Miami. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Uh, not the podcast for sports talk. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, his name is Billy Brunson. I think. Good for him. Um, I don't like him. And I just had Doug is meeting to get famous meat mm. is what he's vying for. Um, and I just wrote fitty for each titty. Yeah, that's what he said. Yes, he did. And yeah, she took that money and then gave him a full cock block about her kid, which I appreciated. <laughs> he deserved that. Yes, yes. He says something about, you know, what about all this fem- feminism? Like back in Alabama, we like them blonde and quiet. <laughs> Which, that's maybe how you like them, but I've never thought of a woman from Alabama Alabama being being quiet. quiet. (laughs) Never was. Let's be completely (laughs) honest here. We have part of our family who is rapidly becoming Alabama-ized. They're becoming radicalized towards Alabama. And uh, I guess actually they're moving to Florida now, though. So maybe maybe that'll stop. But, But yeah, they went Alabama quick. I mean, that rolled tide. Yes, yes. But so... I just wrote fondue. I know. <laughs> Loving some fondue. Fondue with Tina, Richie, and Bambi. I love the bottom dollar crew getting together. 
I mean, cheese. That's where it's at, <laughs> right? There's a famous picture of Jenny's dad at a fondue restaurant. Like, say cheese fondue. Just kind of as being jerk and stuff. Say cheese. And he's like, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't picture. think he's been in a picture since. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, my phone will show me, like, all the pictures of him, like, his, his memories. <laughs> and it's all of him, the exact same look on his face. <laughs> looking just slightly confused and off kilter. <laughs> just over and over and over and over and over again. It's like, so... not really looking at the camera. It's funny, like iPhone has never made a video of my dad for me, <laughs> just for <laughs> you. <laughs> so then we've got... We've got shot break. Shot break. They're like, Bambi's carrying around shots. Shots. So we've got a little bit of weed. A little bit of grass break. And then we've got flowers, flowers. for Algernon. Right. They're like, roses? Why is this, is this hiding in the cabinet? And then they're like going through all the guys. They think it could be... And he says it was from my dad like your dad said ghost dad like, <laughs> bill cosby is canceled but ghost dad still brings back some memories <laughs> we were just talking about leonard six right in, our, uh, in forbidden cinema and yes 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 yeah ghost dad i think it's the only movie i've gone to the theater with with my grandfather <laughs> so weird <laughs> But so then, uh, you know, this seems total Richie Bambi stuff for Richie's and like digging in the trash and like finds the card from Doug. And he's like, wait, Doug, again? I, that again was really, uh oh, like there's more history here, guys. Well, I mean, it definitely felt like, of course, there's history. They've been together for forever, like in this space, but definitely it felt like a first time kind of moment that they had in the last episode no but the rest of the bottom dollar crew is like uh, like, uh, <laughs> like not again like dang it like we're gonna have to hold your hair when you puke after you drink yourself into oblivion because you get sad again and uh, uh we're gonna have to deal with all your moaning and his whining and we're gonna have to like yeah we watched this episode right after we just watched the episode of friends where ross and rachel break <laughs> So there's like a lot of really. There's bummed. a lot of baggage there. Yeah, yeah like or we're. I mean, were they on a break? Who knows? <laughs> we're not even gonna to break that down. But so we're back at Dick Cabot, and he says, "Women's liberation. You know, is it a feminist? Is it pornography? Is it both?" I love him in this space. I mean, he's he causes some chaos. But I don't feel like it's ill-gotten. Like, I feel like he's really interested. Him and Joyce immediately have some amazing banter. They do. They do. I mean, it is like... But oh. Doug can't even get in the show. I know. Which is why he he blows this shit up. Yes, yes, yes. He, yeah, he he's can't He's got to be it. part of it. And then like, with the security guards, he's like, Doug, like, oh, wow, that is so small. <laughs> <laughs> where his name is written exactly she's like do we want to get what do we want to get a look behind dick cabot's curtains <laughs> <laughs> i mean and he says like you know oh i think dick kevin might be down to pose uh, sounds like he might be you know and he's like i think if the dick cabot show can't show a page of minx we might be having problems well i, think the, I mean if there's any show the dick cabot show is a real thing i know i know but like if we can't show minx on a show called dick Sorry. It's just someone's name. It's I not know. really anybody's name anymore. You know, that just is what that is. I don't even think it was a double entendre really then. It it's just double entendre now. was his name. Yeah. I mean, he's like, oh, you know, you're vi you know, vying for my job. And she's like, oh, a female talk show host. I can see that. And they go to break <laughs> and he's like, no, really? Like, 
you're you're doing amazing. Like if you you could keep your options open, you have a lot of options available. Did you catch to the you. boom mic in the shot? No. <laughs> yes, there is on the show. That's with the show within the show, like on the TV. Right. The boom mic keeps on going down into the shot. I <laughs> know. I didn't. I didn't. That's funny. I love it. I do know. Like I so you know behind the scenes talking, watching some clips on the beauty team behind Minx mm-hmm. and they're talking about the Dick Cabot show and like talking about all of that and the guy who does the hair which um, I'll totally tag he, he seems amazing he's like well I have a Dick Cabot wig and they're like you just have a Dick Cabot wig and he's like yeah <laughs> <laughs> like when you know I'm prepared which I get I kind of get that vibe like we have a period piece party we're going to yeah, it's in the closet. Of course it is. Why wouldn't it be? <laughs> let's let's be prepared, y'all. Fashion moments require preparation. There we go. We get back to the 68, to the New Yorker office, where they're talking about the, the anti-war protest being so misogynistic. And I just wrote completely out of the blue, like, sorry, I ruined your Black Panther party. <laughs> <laughs> What's that from again? It's Forrest Gump. <laughs> Because it's the anti-war movement being very <laughs> misogynistic, and uh, Forrest don't don't take kindly to that. No, no, he doesn't. Yeah, he just is what that is. <laughs> so the, yeah, this is when I have Joyce has a Manhattan hookup. I mean, we've got a very uh, throwback, got a very like Jeff Daniels. That's looking. exactly what I was gonna say. <laughs> a very Jeff Daniels kind of dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> I love you, babe. It's like, wow, Jeff Daniels. Roll speed moment, Phoebe moment, all of the above. <laughs> I mean, it could have even been Ed, Ed Begley Ed Begley Jr., Jr. but he's gay. <laughs> no, he's not. There's probably so many ice cubes clinking in this. I know. It seems... It seems appropriate. It does. It does. This is the Archer cast now. <laughs> it is. Did you know? Okay, so this is completely like just we're just talking about Archer here. Um, if you guys don't watch Archer, love Archer. That Ron Lieberman, who is Archer's stepdad, I yes, guess. Yes. That he and Jessica Walters were married. No, I that, did not know that. Yeah, the, so they were a couple in oh. real life, and then like passed away very close to each other. Oh, I I loved that shot of her on the beach mm-hmm. at the at the end of the last episode that was I, I i'm glad that she got her to go away but she did it well that almost brought tears to my eyes it's so and good it, it's bringing tears to my eyes right now <laughs> uh, such an amazing character but yeah the two of them married in real life really yeah oh that's sweet it's fun it's a data pirate or evil knievel <laughs> she's a little jugs a little bit of both <laughs> Oh, but we have so Doug gets let in to the show. He's fine trying to find some place to stand. He is in the way. <laughs> he Every, has an amazing fur coat. Oh, he does. It's it's amazing slash the rattiest thing it's I've ever seen. The fur coat over like a purple blazer it's, with unbuttoned to the. <laughs> I mean, Jake Johnson's a good looking guy. This outfit makes him look so schlubby, like kind of pudgy. I know that's what we're going for because. That's the whole thing. He's going to be on air. We weren't planning for him to be on air. And he has to be reflective in every way. Just like, just scream cheap from all the work that goes into Joyce's costuming. Dick Cabot looking so, you know, refined and poised. And yeah, so we've got to have the contrast of Doug just looking like polyester on display. 
So yeah, he's in the way. Like he can't stand. Like, he's getting hit by doors. He's getting hit by mics. He's in the way. He's trying to find some place to stand. He's got to. Go, I guess going back to the green room, and we we meet uh, a lady who's watching. She's in the green room, so we we know she's somebody important. And he's like, "I know you." And he goes through all a list of feminists, <laughs> and she's Victoria Hartnett. And he's like, "Ah, yes, Joyce. You know, Joyce had me radio." And she, he's like, "I'm Doug Renetti." And she says, wretched pornographer. He's like, I prefer vile. <laughs> <laughs> and then he when just. When Doug is on, he is on. He is so charming. But then he. He can. Yeah. Then he just goes on about like, oh, yeah, I've made. I, she, I, I've made her everything she is. You know, yeah. and it's like, of course, it's produced today to a feminist. Um, it's of course, like what she's looking for. She's 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 going to give you a slow clap about how proud she is of how you made this woman successful. But she does say, like, kind of proud of you for letting her be be the voice. Not many people would do that. But then he does kind of kill it. And of course, he gives her ammunition to to kind of thwart Joyce. But that's when we have. Yeah. I've got pirate evil, evil can evil. Like, well, yes. Doug is kind of both. And <laughs> Doug has childhood trauma and two ex-wives. And I just said like, yes, like he's not married with children right now. That's true. <laughs> like, this is good. You're not good. Good on you, HBO. You're not HBOing this up. Right. So we don't have to have a conflict of <laughs> morality. <laughs> There's mor- it's different morality. It's a different morality. Like, it's nice that maybe we have like every we have some sort of higher calling. There's a power dynamic that's a problem here. There's all sorts of problems here, but like, there's not that. There's at least one problem that's not present. Right. Yeah. So then I've got yeah. We go back to sixties New York Magazine. You know, Joyce looks like Daphne Blake. She got the red hair she and does. the purple suit. Yeah. For those of you who don't know last names, he's talking Scooby Doo. Yes. 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 Very much so. Daphne Blake. Fred, what's Fred's last name? I have no idea. You don't? No. I don't know. Velma Dinkley and Norval Roberts, but I don't. You know, I don't know. Don't know Fred's last name. It's probably very highbrow too. I mean, he wears a neckerchief, right? right. Ascot. I did say that Norval was an option for naming our cat. Eh. Yeah. They're better the way they are. (laughs) Yeah. So we're back. We're kind of at the final straw of. All right, this is it. I'm gonna go talk to him. He's he's taken my story. He's put it on the cover. And we go in the office and he's charming someone else. And so you, we know they've hooked up. This is Joyce's origin story right here. It really is. I wish it had been a little bit more Maybe we got like a whole linear. episode in the past. or yeah. Right. Like, I mean, if we're going to learn more, I'd like to learn more. Because there's obviously a lot that... Four years is not that long. And she has not really come that far to be far away from it enough to be hooking up with him now. Mm-hmm. Like that's there's a lot there. He's an authority figure. He's not old enough to be a daddy issue, but we don't know anything about her parentage. They are not in the picture. There's only four years between this person disappointing her. She's got now have a, has a new focus of disappointment for her to be going back to him and being like, oh, water under the bridge. I'm an adult now. I'm an adult now and, and I do adult things and I drink adult drinks and I hook up in adult fancy hotels. I don't feel like she's that far enough away. I she's still she was hooking up with him in 68. No. We, have to, we have to rewatch. Was she hooking up with him in 72? Yeah, I thought she was. Oh, I don't know. I thought it was 68. I thought it was 72. I thought we had a 72 card. And I thought she, I thought she was in like present garb. Oh, I don't know. 
Yeah, we okay, we may have to revisit and add a little caveat. I thought she was hooking up with him again. Gotcha. In present gotcha. day in Manhattan. That adds a whole well that I would have So we, we both have have it took a little bit of a different take I've on got COVID this. COVID brain fog. So sorry guys. Well, no, I mean, that's a really interesting. Yeah, so we'll have to caveat this because I really read something very different from this. Next thing I wrote is Joyce is blowing it. <laughs> She's totally joicing it up. <laughs> but I don't think Joyce is really blowing it. I mean, Joyce has been killing it. Then we've got her feminist hero there. It was like, yeah, I think you're dangerous. And like, she has nothing to say. Well, because she didn't expect it. Because I'm not sure she would have said that if Doug hadn't come mm. in and tried to be a big old, you know, big proud dude about what he can is contributing to this moment. I'm not sure. It's hard to know like how she would have taken it or what they would have had a more camaraderie and more cohesive conversation. But yeah, I mean, so she's already alluding quickly that like, well, you've been duped. I just got the the scoop behind your, you know, from your publisher that you're just kind of here to to you know, paved the way for his agenda, which Dick Cabot, good on him, is reading the room and goes, oh. Like, why don't we get Doug in here? We've got him here. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's 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 the most refined uh, Jerry Springer moment I've ever seen. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, we have Doug backstage. Why don't we bring him on? Let's see what he thinks. Oh, man. And Doug dugs it up big time. Ugh, so bad. I mean, everybody at home sees it, too. They're like, dang it. Stop doing that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, yeah. Even if you're right. Like, and, 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 and Doug's, in fairness to your boy Doug, they do give him a drum roll. You don't want to disappoint in a drum roll. They do, but he, he wants. Oh, he wants it so bad. He's a showman. I mean, if he could have jumped up and done a Hugh Jackman dance, <laughs> he would have done a Hugh Jackman dance. I mean, and when when Dick Cabot says, well, we want to see how the sausage is made. The sausage is very double entendre. What is he says? Uh, I'm a comic at heart, people. <laughs> <laughs> He's great. He's so good. I love it. Yeah, so then we get a drum roll because Doug is saying like, because he's already shared, he's already blown it. He couldn't hold his wad. He's a, he's a brag with the fe- with the feminist. And I'm sorry, that sounds terrible to say, but like that's all that she's, Victoria Veronica Hartnett or whatever her name is. She's just supposed to be this icon to create conflict. And yeah, so he's already spilled the beans to her that like, oh, I've been working on, I've already got big plans for the next issue. You know, everyone's going to be excited. And Joyce doesn't know. This is, of course, like scooping her. And she's like, of course not. Of course, I have complete creative control. Of course, this isn't happening. Staring at him, big eyes like, tell me this is not happening. You are not doing this right now. You are not doing this right now. Like, I don't care what kind of stage you're getting, but you are absolutely not going to just undermine everything that I just said and undermining everything that we've just put together for your own purposes. And he just can't help it. He's just blinded by the light. Um, He's been getting left out of everything here for the last little bit, though. He has. Since like episode three, he's been completely left out. Yeah, he has. That's the whole point. Like, that's what he wanted. He recognized, yes, this was a venture that could make him a lot of money, that could make him a little bit more legitimate, but he couldn't get out of his own way. No, he he couldn't Because he can't create this. No. He, He can't create this on his own. He doesn't have 
the credibility to do it. Women aren't going to, uh, you know, important women, important people with a view are not going to take him seriously. And if he wants to be taken seriously, then he needs to step out of the way and let this woman do this. And he can't. It's rough, though, because he made it happen. But yeah, he did. But they're both they're both suffer from that. Exactly. They both suffer from needing the credit. And they're they're terrible at recognizing when to step back and let the right person have the right credit and let the right person who owns the room do the work. And this is this is it all coming to a head. This is just absolutely a show about learning as a leader to delegate. And learning when it might be somebody else might be the best person for the job. It is le- learning and I will say, like, this is something that gets on my nerves, but, like, your unique ability. <laughs> Let's lean into your unique ability and, you know, spend the time where you shine and let other people do things like, where let they Doug shine. let Doug do Doug stuff. Let Joyce do Joyce stuff. Right. We can, we can all make a great magazine together. But no matter what, I mean, Doug is not – Doug isn't shy about – he. He wants to create flash. Like, he wants to be rich. He wants all of these things. He's never been shy about that. I think that Joyce has been shy about that. She wants she wants to be an influencer. She wants people to hear what she says and be respond to what she says, but then also revere her for being in that space. She hasn't really come to terms with that. She's writing this celebrity, this brief moment of celebrity, and it's fun, and it feels like she deserves it, but it is kind of outside of her mission, truly. It's a product of her mission, which is great. But in realizing at the same time, maybe I'm more into getting the credit and, and this excitement of it than I am really in about forwarding my movement. And it's okay. It's okay to want to get accolades. And I think that that's something that's tough. It's, it's something that's tough as a woman it's like if you have an agenda, if you want to do big, good things, then you have to kind of put yourself on the back burner. They they aren't supposed to be cohesive. They're supposed to be mutually exclusive. Either you're doing great things or people know who you are. And and that's where she's struggling right now. Right now, she's kind of hasn't been able to. She maybe let the, the light. She got blinded by the light, too. Yeah. I will say that I think that we we need to rewatch this we might <laughs> and and talk about a little bit more at the beginning of the next episode because i think yeah we we both i mean like are they hooking up in 72 and oh well we just need to we, we need to david lynch this shit and figure out what the timeline is <laughs> babe don't I will get some pins and a map and <laughs> some string. Some string. We will it'll be like the Zodiac up in here. We still have a few days where we can't go anywhere. So we have time. <laughs> we will do the work. I, I was going to trim my bushes, but I guess now we're doing this. I'm sorry. You can't talk about trimming bushes <laughs> like, and not think that people are actually thinking you're going to do gardening. Oh, no, no, no. I was actually like, yeah, like our, our HOA is not happy with us. <laughs> <laughs> we need to do some gardening. Yeah, because we, we sound like yard people, right? Yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. We're very much not outdoor kids. No, no. So, yeah, we got the drum roll, the Victoria. Is that her name? I keep, it's on my second, it's on the last page I just turned. I feel like I'm, it's a, <laughs> you have to go all the way back a whole page. All back a whole page, it's sticking together. Uh oh. Victoria, yeah, Victoria. Victoria. So she sets him up because she already knows. She already knows that, like, 
he's throwing Joyce under the bus. He's already got visions. He's already booked a whale. And he gets the drum roll and he stands up and makes the big announcement on who the new cover, the cover model is. It's our misogynist Southern goat of a football player. And Joyce is like, I can't believe this. I can't believe you just undermined me and, and like on live national television. And yeah, we're we're on the road to being done. Yeah. We go back to the Minx crew or the bottom dollar crew's apartment. Like, is there anything sadder than like dumping out a fondue pot at the end of a party? I've never <laughs> seen it. Is that fondue still hot enough to melt a garbage bag? If it's dripping like that, I would think so. I mean, like, I'm sorry. You let everybody go home and you're still eating on yeah. that. <laughs> Throw it away. I mean, that's sadness. You're like, going at that with a spoon. Like, you're not even dipping bread cubes. I mean, you're going full on spoon. I mean, there. that is like... Like, the way I'm going to feel tomorrow, be damned. <laughs> this is. But is that a representation of their true despair of what they just watched? Is it dumping out the fondue? <laughs> They're not, we're not even... We're just done. We're, do- <laughs> we're done with this. The cheese is not even going to heal us. We just have cheese heals so much. It does. It is. It oh, it it binds all wounds. It, it just it does. So many things can be solved with some melted cheese. Yes. So then we are backstage to Cabot, and Joyce is just like, I, can't. I couldn't even write anything. I was just watching. Well, I, I just wrote because it, it it relates to the, we have our 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 title line and she's just like you just can't help yourself you're you're an eclipse you have to eclipse the sun he's like so you're the sun now the giver of life and yes he's calling her like okay so you're the end all be all but she's right anytime there's anything what her experience has been anytime she's done anything good and bright someone has just had to come in sweep and block it and she's like i'm done i'm not gonna do this anymore i'm not gonna let this happen again this is it. I'm done. Here are all the notes, everything you need, minus the cover model, which you already have to finish the the third episode of Minx. I'm out. I'm contractually, I'm done. Here you go. This is it. Go fuck yourself, <laughs> basically. And she quits. And she's sort of right, but also she sort of needs to get out of her own way. Has that been like a theme of this? I think it's a theme for both of them. I think ultimately, if we were if we're tallying who won slash who's wrong in this episode, in this episode, it's probably Doug is the most wrong, right? But here, here she is making another zig, and she's not collaborating with others who are involved in her vision and that's also too she's not collaborating with people who are involved in her vision who've also been there before and that's that's where it's it's tough because do women's voices get squashed yes frequently but doug knows how to sell magazines he does and also the editor that fucked her over literally maybe and figuratively is her boss and who's been doing this for a long time you the boys don't have to fuck for the spot, so that's a little bit of a different space. But you have to submit a ton of ideas that you don't get credit for. That's what part of being, I'm certain, being part of a magazine, being part of any kind of creative group. It bubbles up and whoever's senior gets the credit. 
that's just time. You have to wait it out to a certain degree. Now, should you be having to be involved with someone sexually for that? No, that's a problem. We, we've learned that lesson. She's not involved with Doug sec- sexually. He's not interested, which is great. I think that's a positive on both of their sides. They, we've, they're I'm definitely- really happy about that for this show. Yeah, I think that that's a that great- That would have been the obvious answer. That's a great space that we're in right now. But at the same time, she's cutting ties too quickly. She's not, she could be where her friend is. She takes her ball and goes home. She goes up to sing her hit song, Alone in My Principles. Exactly. And yeah. You know, she could be where her friend is as a senior editor. Now, we don't know what her friend endured during that time. Um, And that's a whole sticky situation in terms of like what we have to assume is just part of a package deal of being a woman in in corporate world during the late 60s, early 70s. But at the same time, if you quit too early, you're never going to get any headway. You don't you don't get any experience. You don't get any cred. You don't get anything. We've got these carnival mirror images of Doug and Joyce that Doug is willing to change, but is really, really, really bad at it. And Joyce is unwilling to change, even when it might be, even when she might be wrong. Yeah, I think that's where we are. And neither is right and neither is wrong. No. They both deserve, they both have come from places of struggle to be where they are. And they both have are working slash have earned their spot to be where they are too. Joyce has the creative voice. Doug has the tenacity, but will it, will it fly? And then I just have Joyce crying in front of her door with a star with her name on it. Uh, I mean, that is just, that seems so true. We need someone to like throw a vodka bottle at somebody like I'm a star and like the door closed (laughs) and the bottle hit the thing and smash. No, but I, I will say like as as a high achieving woman, it's like even if that had gone well, it probably would have ended with her like crying in front of her door with a star in front of it because like just the whole magnitude of what's next and like what <laughs> what next goal you have to achieve and accomplish is just we put to it such high standards. But it's super sad. It you know just literally fig- like standing in front of the door with her star and her name on the door, and she's crying. And then she goes into the alley with her friend backstage, mm. and they walk off into the the night. And we roll credits. And I was like, "Is this the whole episode?" It went by yeah, I, so it went by fast, real quick. I was super like, we're fast. not gonna have anything to talk about. Uh, but I guess we have all of your childhood trauma to talk about so we can go another 10 hours. It's <laughs> not my childhood trauma. It's just trauma being a woman. Welcome welcome to the show. <laughs> hey, I'm I'm willing to change. I'm just bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you are a pirate and a little evil Knievel. A little bit, yes. <laughs> oh, and I think that's exactly where we should end. <laughs> So, y'all, we've got two more episodes. Of uh, season one. Of season one. Please be chiming into the conversation. Minx on Max going deeper on Instagram. You can send us an email directly, um, Forbidden Cinema Podcast at Gmail. Follow the podcast. Follow the Instagram. We're loving the conversation. We love having so many connections to the creators of the show. Um, thanks so much, guys. We we love being on the ground floor. It's it's a ton of fun and excited to see where this goes. Yeah, if you need any uh, cameo appearances for season two, 
<laughs> we are great at period costuming. Yes, yes, yes. And I don't mind doing full frontal nudity. So. <laughs> oh, well, okay. <laughs> we have not discussed that, uh, but okay. All right. <laughs> Bye. On that note. <laughs> See you later, guys. Bye.